Jesus and his disciples went into Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them, not, taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching? With authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now, if you think about it, that is a shocking statement. For it was the scribes who were officially recognized in the Jewish religious system as the authoritative teachers of the Jewish law and customs. Jesus, on the other hand, held no official position whatsoever in the Jewish religious system. He had no official authority at all. No title, no degree, no certification, no imprimatur from the Jewish religious establishment. And yet, in today's gospel, the people in that synagogue recognized an authority in Jesus' teaching that they did not recognize in the teaching of the official authorities, the scribes. Later in today's gospel reading, we are told once again that the people were amazed and they continually asked one another, what is this? a new teaching with authority. What kind of authority was it that Jesus had that the people clearly recognized? Where did it come from? We might say that the scribes have external authority, which comes from their official position in the Jewish institutional hierarchy. Whereas Jesus, who has no official position, has an internal authority that radiates from the heart and soul at one with God. The Greek word that is used here that is translated authority literally means coming from one's essence, from one's being. Jesus' authority doesn't come from books or for anything else outside himself, even his own scriptures, which he sometimes contradicts. Rather, 
Jesus' authority emanates from within. In Matthew's gospel, we see Jesus repeatedly criticizing the official religious authorities, saying, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and of the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. In today's gospel, it appears that the people recognize true authority as coming from inside Jesus. Now, in our external world, authority can be given from above or from below. We usually think about authority as being given from above, notes pastor and professor David Lowe's. School teachers, police officers, doctors, and other authority figures have been invested with authority by some group or person with power. A school board, the government, a board of medical examiners, at whatever. But authority is also given from below. Students may ignore a teacher. People may ignore laws. Patients may disregard all medical advice. In such instances, authority from above is ineffective. In today's gospel, although authority had been given to the scribes from above by virtue of their position within the Jewish religious system, that authority was not accepted by the people below. The people recognized inner authority in Jesus, not the outer authority of the scribes. And so, my friends, when it comes to our Christian faith, what authorities are authoritative for us? In the Christian church in the West, from the time of the Roman Emperor Constantine in the fourth century up until the time of the Protestant Reformation in the 16th century, almost all authority on matters of faith was given to the institutional church and its hierarchy. But when in 1517, Martin Luther, a priest, friar, and university professor, started questioning the authority of the church to sell indulgences, he was excommunicated, consigned by the Pope to hell. What was Luther to do once the authority of the institutional church, the principal source of religious authority in his day, had been taken from him? He still had the Bible. Nobody could take that from him. And so the rallying cry of the Protestant Reformation was sola scriptura, only scripture. Scripture for those Protestant reformers became the only authority. But very quickly, those reformers came to disagree on the interpretation of scripture and they started torturing and killing each other over their disagreements in interpretation. 
flaying fellow Christians alive, burning them at the stake, throwing them into the lake with their hands and feet tied. Somehow those Christians must have interpreted Scripture, their only source of authority, as supporting this torture and killing of fellow Christians. Making either the institutional church or Scripture the sole authority for Christian faith was not working. 16th century Anglican priest Richard Hooker proposed that there are three sources of authority for Christians, scripture, tradition, and reason. 200 years later, another Anglican priest, John Wesley, had a life-changing experience in which his heart was strangely warmed. This powerful inner experience of God was real and undeniable. And so Wesley posited four sources of authority for Christians. Scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. For Wesley and his followers, the experience of God in prayer, in nature, in beauty, in music, in another person, that experience of God was both genuine and authoritative just as it was for the early followers of the resurrected Christ before there was a New Testament or institutional church. Just 50 days following Jesus' resurrection, some of his early followers had a powerful experience of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. St. Paul had a life-changing experience of the risen Christ on the road to Damascus and later had a mystical experience when he was, quote, caught up to the third heaven and heard things that no mortal is permitted to repeat, unquote. St. Francis of Assisi experienced the wounds of Christ in his own hands and feet. Christian mystics down through the ages have written of their undeniable experiences of God within. For countless Christians down through the ages, personal experience of God has been authoritative, along with scripture, tradition, and reason. My friends, when I study scripture in preparation for a sermon or a class, I always test my intellectual, reasoned interpretation of scripture with the tradition of the church. What other Christians have said about God and taught about God and Jesus and what they have said about certain scripture passages down through the centuries, including recent teachings of wise women and men whose hearts and spirits I trust. And I also test my interpretation of Scripture with my own inner experience of who God and Jesus are. If in a Bible commentary I am studying, a Bible scholar interprets a certain passage of Scripture in a way that depicts God as vindictive and punitive, I cannot trust that interpretation. 
for it doesn't align with how I experience and know God deep in my bones. I trust my inner experience of God, my heart knowledge of God. And within the tradition of the church, I often find wise women and men who experience God and Jesus in ways that mirror my own experience and understanding and who interpret scripture in ways that deeply resonate in the depths of my soul. This is why I often quote people who are part of the tradition of the church, those who lived centuries ago as well as those who are still alive today. The four authorities of scripture, tradition, reason, and experience test each other and help clarify the truth about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and our own lives. In Luke's gospel, we are told that the 12-year-old Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. And my friends, I believe this is what we strive for in this community we call Christ Church. Drawing on the four authorities of scripture, tradition, reason, and experience, we seek to learn that new teaching of which today's gospel speaks and to humbly grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all people.